0: What are you doing, Doc? I need fuel.
1: Mm. Give me fuel, take the flash, hit me, trace it out of sight. Now, here are your hosts John Eddie Jr. and Tom Tuttle.
0: Welcome back to Fantasy Fuel. We hope you enjoyed our flops and props. This week we are going to go into the NFC North and give you a little bit of a deep dive. But before we get into all that, I want to give you a neat little fact that I just came across. I've seen a list now. It has the most receiving yards in NFL history at the age of 38-plus. Now, no surprise at the top of this list is Jerry Rice, who has (laughs) 4,453 yards after the age of 38. That's insane. And he is still saying that he could probably play in the NFL. And I'm not going to doubt him too much, because that man man was the best that ever played the position. I would love to see it. Love it. We can get Jerry Rice and T.O. to come back, and we can have both of them (laughs) Hall of Famers. We can throw them on the Chiefs and the Raiders, and we'll see what happens in that division. (laughs) Moving along the list, uh, Charlie Joyner, uh, the only other person with over 1,000 yards on that list. Mm -hmm. And then Irving Fryer with 548 yards. And one of my favorite receivers of past days, Joey Galloway at 240. Mm -hmm. The only other big name really on this list was Tim Brown, and he must have only played for a few games after the age of 40 because he only has 200 yards. The most surprising on this list, number eight, with only 36 yards, but number eight is Tom Brady. So another (laughs) top 10 list for Tom Brady, and it is in receiving yards after the age of 38.
1: I've always said he's one of the best receivers
0: He was until the Super Bowl, so (laughs) take that for what you will. I thought everybody would just enjoy that. Oh, Um, man. But we are going to talk a little bit about Tom Brady, too, because he was the number one in the NFL's top 100 list that just concluded. Mm -hmm. And for the most part, I have no issues with this top 100 list. Actually, I was very pleasantly surprised that Carson Wentz was number 3 in his first time making the list and yeah. that's that's pretty awesome especially when you know that this is voted on by the NFL players.
1: Yeah, and I'd say that it's a little bit surprised just because he was hurt, you know, for <laughs> the entire playoffs and they still won the Super Bowl without him. But yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with it, but I would I would have thought that would have been lower than that because of his injury. Uh that's I'm was mainly surprised
0: because we got to the top 10 and we knew who the last 10 players were before the last episode aired and he was still Mm -hmm. not on the list so i was like well (laughs) he's obviously a top 10 but i assumed he'd probably just make it in there and instead aaron Rodgers, who we will talk a little bit about today just eked into the top 10 at number 10 so Hmm. I was a little surprised. There are three quarterbacks ahead of him, and only one I thought would be, and, of course, that would be Tom Brady at number one. Right. So yeah. Uh, a few quick facts about this top 100 that I thought were interesting is uh, there were more NFC players than AFC players at 56 to 44. The division with the most players was the NFC West with 17. Hmm the division with the least amount of players was the AFC East with mm-hmm. 5. Mhm. Teams with the most players represented were the Vikings and Rams with 7 each. Teams oh. with zero players, the Bears, the Bucks, the Colts, and the Jets. Uh
1: sorry. Well, it's not a surprise. <laughs> you can look down all of the whole roster of the Jets and you're not going to you're not really going to find somebody. We're young still. We're Working on it. But I'd hope, I'm hope i hoping by next year, or maybe not next year, two years from now, that Darnold might make it on that list. So we'll see.
0: Well, if Jamal Adams doesn't make it on that yeah, list soon, he should be on there soon. Then he I will be, be shocked. on there soon. Uh, so just to recap the top 10 for those of you that don't watch or haven't heard about it yet uh, Aaron Rodgers was 10, Von Miller, 9, mm-hmm. Drew Brees, 8, Aaron Donald, 7, Todd Gurley, 5 six Mm -hmm. Le'Veon Bell five which kind of surprised me I thought after the year Gurley had he may have been the highest running back but yeah Le'Veon Bell snuck in front of him and the top four Julio Jones Carson Wentz Antonio Brown and of course Tom Brady Mm -hmm. yeah so there's your top 10 for the NFL's top 100 in case you missed it I thought it was uh at least a fun episode to watch so yeah in other news because this is the NFC North edition, Randall Cobb, who was in the news, and he is in a walking boot. Uh Uh-oh. Apparently the team is not concerned uh, about (laughs) his availability for the start of the regular season and is going to ease him back into training camp, but that doesn't seem very good news for the Packers, and we'll get to that in just a little bit.
1: I have a question I want to pose to you, though. All right, shoot. And I don't want to get into the Packers right away because I will give you a hint. This question doesn't include the Packers. So okay. out of all throughout history, okay, of the NFL, there are seven or six teams, okay, six teams that have not had a receiver with more than thirteen touchdown catches in a season. And okay. I want you to tell me. Which of these teams is the odd man out? Okay. Okay, so which one has had a receiver with 14 or more touchdown catches in a season? The Bears, the Steelers, the Texans, the Giants, the Redskins, the Buccaneers, or the Lions? Okay, so which one of those do
0: I think has actually had, what is it, 14 or more touchdowns? 14 or more touchdowns for one player throughout a whole season one player well I know DeAndre Hopkins just hit 13 so I don't know about those for sure the Bears don't seem like a team that would have had a lot of touchdowns receiving Ah, Redskins Bucks wow none of these teams seem like they've had a receiver (laughs) go for 14 or more that's a good one
1: I am gonna have to go with the Steelers you are incorrect The Steelers did not have one, and that's surprising to me. I thought they would have because Antonio Brown, you would think he has done that before, but he has only had 13 touchdowns, Ah. but they've done it a few times with different people. But the answer to your question is the Lions. The Lions have had 14 or more, and I'm pretty sure that was with um, Megatron himself that did that. But what I am saying here is that the Chicago Bears have never had a receiver. that have had more 14 or more touchdowns in a season, and everybody else in the NFC North has done that at least once. I mean, that's a very short list of teams that have never done that. I mean, I I can show you teams that have done that. The Browns have done that. Uh, the Jets have done that. Like, these are teams that aren't really all that, what's the word you know uh, they they don't really have that great history of wide receivers obviously the Packers have done that they've done it many many times oh, of course but it's just like these some of these teams are just like wow they've done it and the Bears haven't done it now you look at the Steelers and you're like wow I'm really surprised at that but I mean I'm just saying the Bears need a receiver to get them to that point Brandon Marshall was close he had 12 but they had one guy uh, way in, way in the back of the history he had 13 but they've never gotten to that mark and Brandon Marshall was the closest in recent history Jeffrey had 10 I think back in uh 2000 something I'm not going to look it up but <laughs> but yeah it was it was really really surprising that they haven't done it because when I looked it up I saw the bears didn't have one and I was like huh I'm going to try and dig pretty deep on this. And it took me a long time because I went through each individual team to see their records and how many how many uh, touchdowns they've had throughout history. And I was really surprised where the Steelers were on there. But it, there's only six teams that haven't done it. And Bears are in that category. Well, that was an excellent question. Thank you for
0: enlightening us. There will be some uh, fuel to talk about a little bit today and when we do possibly other divisions in the same manner. So, we are going to get right into this because the Packers are without one of their receivers that has scored 14 or more touchdowns cuz I'm pretty sure Jordy Nelson had a pretty big, <laughs> big touchdown scoring year before. Yep. So, Devontae Adams hasn't done it and they have three rookies this year the Packers mm-hmm. do. Jamon Moore, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and my boy Equinemius St. Brown. Mm-hmm. Now, a little bit about these guys, because they have some interesting uh, facts coming out of college uh, on their own rights. Uh, Jamon Moore became only the second receiver in Missouri history to post back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons. Mm-hmm. The first was Jeremy Macklin. <laughs>
1: That's a pretty good calling. So I like Macklin.
0: Not too bad. Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling... Set school records at USF for receiving yards in a season, which unfortunately isn't too impressive because it was only 879 yards. <laughs> but he did have the longest touchdown reception of 95 yards and the most receiving yards in a game at 186. Wow. So he does have uh, some pretty good stats to back himself up. Mm-hmm. And Equinemius, uh, four of his nine touchdown receptions during his sophomore season went for at least 29 yards so there's some big playability right there that could make up for Jordy not being there
1: yeah and there's no question to me it's weird because the Packers ended up drafting Equinemius last out of these three guys that they've drafted but I really think that he is the first one to step up especially if Randall Cobb is going to be out at all throughout any of the part of the season with that ankle injury but, I mean, I, I don't think that's going to happen. But I actually think Equinemius is going to step it up. However, we'll to discuss this and, and take over the role for Cobb eventually. I don't know when, but I, I do think it's going to happen.
0: I hope you're right because I want to talk about him as much as possible. You all <laughs> already know that, and I'm going to keep doing it until he is no longer a player in the NFL. <laughs> Uh, some more interesting uh, tidbits about the Packers. Uh, I mean, I I still think Aaron Rodgers has it. That's not a tidbit. Yeah. But I know there are some people that are starting to question whether he is on the downswing of his career. But I think I think he's got a lot more left in the tank. And here are a bunch of stats from last year that are going to show okay. you just how bad the Packers are without Aaron Rodgers. Oh, man. Okay, go ahead. Uh, On offense, the Packers had 48 screen passes attempted. Now, obviously, anybody can throw a little screen pass, but they only completed 33 of those. Of those 48 attempts, the quarterback was sacked three times. (laughs) Only eight of those completions went for first downs. Mm -hmm. Only eight gained 10 or more yards, and only two gained 20 or more yards. So for a team that does use the screen pass a lot, something was going on there. Mm -hmm. And this kind of leads into those Packers running back situation. (laughs) Those guys, there's three of them. We talked about them in our flops and props, and they're going to use them all unless somebody gets the hot hand.
1: Yeah. I actually think that might be what they're doing. (laughs) They might just say, we're going to do something until somebody gets the hot hand, and then we're going to ride with you. Because I I don't know. I I still like Montgomery more than Jones, but I can see the argument for Jones. I don't see it for Williams. Williams is still a little ways away for him, but Jones looks great. I think he might be the running back of the future, but I I really do think Montgomery will probably be the best this year.
0: Okay, so a little bit more about those running backs
1: that you may not have realized.
0: Uh, Aaron Jones would have gained – 1,327 yards if he averaged 15 carries a game and maintained his 5.5 yard per Mm -hmm. carry average. That sounds really good. Mm -hmm. Aaron Jones was also on pace for 18 rushes of 20 or more yards if he had received 240 carries, which is not a ton. But the NFL leader had only 12. So he was on pace to get a bunch of big, big runs. Aaron Jones also lost yardage on nine of his 90 touches. So 10% of the time, Aaron Jones was losing, losing yardage. Now, that could have been due to uh, the injury bug, which 16 different starters missed games due to injury, and that amounted to 52 games total for the starters missing four injuries. Now, Jamal Williams has a couple of stats. He was tied for second on the team in drops with three that's not good when yeah. it comes to the screen yeah. game and he also lost yardage on 6 of his 178 mm-hmm. touches so he was holding uh getting yardage uh better yeah. than Aaron Jones was but Aaron Jones was getting bigger chunks right. when he you know broke the line so there's so many different variables to these running backs they all have their different values to the team and we haven't talked a lot about Ty Montgomery So far, but I think that's just because he is entrenched as a guy they trust as long as he's healthy. So as long as he's on the field and the line is doing their job, which they didn't last year because the Packers' backup offensive linemen allowed 18 of their 51 sacks last year. So they did not have a good job done for Brett Hundley, let alone Aaron (laughs) Rodgers.
1: That's why Aaron Rodgers goes hurt. <laughs> yes, exactly.
0: So is there anything else you'd like to add to our Packers?
1: Well, I'll just say a little bit about Montgomery again just to make sure everybody understands where I'm coming from. Six yards per carry when he was healthy for the, almost that whole year. And not last year, the year before. And he, we all know he knows how to catch the ball because he came in as a wide receiver. So I'm saying, not saying Aaron Jones can't catch the ball, but I'm saying right now, If you're looking for a running back out of Green Bay, I mean, they are all three going back-to-back-to-back sometimes, but I I would go with Montgomery because it's late and it's good that way.
0: Now, something to consider this upcoming season with these running backs is if the Packers' defense can play better, there will be more attempts that the running backs may get. And the defense was pretty bad last year. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to give you a few stats about the Packers' defense, and then we'll go right into the next team. Okay. The Packers' defense had 40 screen passes thrown against them. 34 of those were completed, and 17 of those yielded first downs. So they were terrible, <laughs> terrible against the screen. Wow. 21 of those screen passes gained 10 or more yards, and 9 gained 20 or more yards. They were terrible. Now, they've beefed up their defense. They got Muhammad Wilkerson. They drafted their cornerbacks. So, hopefully, that's not going to happen for them anymore. But, also, we're going right into our next team that has to do with the Packers. Matt Mm -hmm. Stafford has a 136.7 passer rating against the Packers.
1: (laughs) Oh, wow. He torches
0: them. 405 receiving yards between... Golden Tate, and Marvin Jones Jr. last year on 25 (laughs) catches and four touchdowns. So, the Lions seem to have the Packers Mm number. Now, again, this was last year when they had a terrible defense. But the Lions do have a good offense. What that means this year is going to be interesting because their running back situation is so up in the air.
1: Man, i tell you something about their running back situation because – they have a good offense, but the running back situation is so scrambled that it just it's it confuses you. I don't know which one of these three is <laughs> the better back, and I don't know which one's going to get the most of the, the carries, but I don't know if it's going to be Riddick, Blunt, or on Johnson because I, don't, I have no idea what to expect. Out of Amir Abdullah, I have I don't even know if they're going to have him, but it's it seems like it. I don't really know what they're thinking with him because they don't like him. They've already kind of made that clear. So I don't really know. It's just it's such a toss up with the three that I mentioned first and then Abdullah. I don't have any idea what's going to go on with him. No, and they still have Zach Zenner and Dwayne yeah, Washington,
0: yeah. who have shown that they can do it here and there. I mean, this will go towards my ESP later in the show, but their rushing yards per game were 76.3. That is terrible. (laughs) I mean, we've we've heard the stats before. The last time the Lions had a 100-yard rusher, I believe it was Reggie Bush. They need to get the run game going in order to get higher and make the playoffs and make Mm -hmm. a run in the playoffs. Because passing, yes, it's a passing league, but 76 yards a game is not going to do it. Especially no. when the Packers upgrade their defensive backs, draft guys in the first and second mm. round to go against these guys that can pass all day. So, that being said, I want to talk about Mr. Matt Stafford. Yeah, In fantasy, this guy is solid. I've owned him a couple of times, and you know what you're going to get when you draft Matt Stafford. And you don't have to spend a top six or seven round mm-hmm. pick on him. He, he still goes late. Oh, yeah. In drafts, and I don't understand why. If you look at his passing for the last how many years? The last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven years in a row, he's had like 4,200-plus yards passing. Mm -hmm. He has... Since his second or third year in the league, he's never had less than 20 touchdowns. Three of those, they were 29, 29, 32, and he had a 41. Mm-hmm. And he's only thrown 19 touchdowns, or pss, 19 touchdowns, 19 interceptions once. Most of those are in the lower double digits. Now, here's where the fantasy part really comes into play. So here are Matt Stafford's last several years of, scoring wise in fantasy okay. 273 279 289 251 mm-hmm. 279 275 and the year he threw 41 touchdowns it was 343
1: yeah. oh wow that's consistency you know
0: exactly <laughs> you know exactly what you're yep. going to get when it comes to matt stafford so you don't have to take one of the big guys you can wait and take stafford and you're fine. He's not exciting, although there have been many games where he has come back in the fourth quarter when it was almost impossible. (laughs) But for the most part in fantasy, you know exactly what you're going to get with Stafford. So take him, set him, forget him.
1: Yeah, I'd say for the most part, people, when they go for a quarterback, they're not looking for a guy like Stafford because they're looking for that quote-unquote sexy quarterback. And Aaron Rodgers is always that guy. Andrew Luck is even that because he had such a great year before. So they're they're looking for that big, big, big quarterback that can give him a huge amount of points. But if you can't get that and you're spending too much money on an auction draft or he's going so early and you just don't feel like you want to take a quarterback that early, Matthew Stafford falls right into your lap. Before we get on into our next uh, part of the show I want to talk about carry on Johnson and compare him to Riddick and Blunt just a little bit okay so Carryon Johnson last year in college he had 1,391 yards rushing which was an average of 4.9 yards per carry he had 18 touchdowns That's a pretty good chunk of touchdowns. And he had two touchdowns receiving, so he had 20 total. And now, if you compare his yards per carry to Riddick from last year, I I know it's college. Comparing it to Riddick in the NFL is different. But I'm just saying that I think Carrion Johnson, in the future, can be the guy for the Lions. Riddick was 3.4 yards per carry. And Blunt, this was last year, or no, this is actually Blunt's entire career. It's around four yards per carry. So Blunt has had a long career, and I don't expect him to last too much longer as far as playing in the NFL. So this is part of the reason I think Carryon Johnson has a really good shot at becoming the running back of the future for the Lions. And I think he could be, Pretty good too, I and mean, he's not going to be Barry Sanders. I mean, let's face it; they've been they've been looking for a running back since Barry Sanders, and they haven't really gotten it.
0: No, I mean the closest they got, I think, was uh, what they thought they were going to get with Reggie Bush, yeah. and yep. he he flashed. Yep. Well, they all they also had uh, guys like Javid Best who yeah. had amazing yep. games, and then he got hurt. So they've had some guys, but unfortunately none of them have been able to stay on the field for very yeah, long. They just so, can't sustain it. Yeah, hopefully on Johnson will stay healthy for them because out of everybody that you've mentioned, he is definitely the only one I would put much stock in. Yeah, Obviously, Blunt will probably get some touchdowns mm-hmm. just if they get to the goal line. But I think for the most part, if you're going to pick somebody... And definitely in a dynasty, don't don't yeah. bother with anybody but carry yeah. on Johnson yeah. in that way. So, middle of our program, I'm gonna ask you to follow us on Twitter at Fantasy Fuel, Facebook.com/slash Fantasy Fuel. You can give us a little review on PodChaser.com/slash Fantasy Fuel, and especially please give us a little review on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, and also now this is the fun part. You can give us a call. You can ask a question. You can give us a comment, and we'll try and get it on the air. And to do that, you can call us at 608-492-3443. Again, 608-492-3443. And we will do our best to play anything that you guys got for us. We would love to hear from you, and maybe one of these days we'll have a – A time where you guys can all call in and we'll do it live. That would be very fun. Before I get on to the next team, I have one last thing about Matt Stafford. (laughs) Okay. That flows into our next team. So despite having less touchdowns, less yards per attempt, and less total passing yards, Matt Stafford against the Vikings had the highest passer rating out of everybody in that division. Mm and he has his second-highest completion percentage and throws way less interception against the Vikings. Okay. However, he's gone 8-8 eight and eight against the Vikings, <laughs> meaning he's more consistent, but for whatever reason, he seems to not be able to pull out victories against them. He, he's more precise, he's throwing shorter passes, keeping control of the ball, but he can't win against them. What is it about the Vikings that Matt Stafford can't do? Well, the Vikings obviously have a great defense, and they're probably going to continue to have a great defense. But as far as fantasy purposes, we're going to talk about the offense mostly today. And I don't think you can say anything about the Vikings this year without believing that Kirk Cousins has to be the guy in order for them to take the next step. And I don't believe it. What do you think?
1: Well, I think I can believe it, but I also have to... I have to understand what he's done in the past, and what he's done in the past has been with very it's just mediocre wide receivers. He's never really had guys that have proven it like Thielen and even Diggs has done that just last year with a mediocre quarterback. So and I do think Cousins is a better quarterback than what they had last year. I mean, if you just look at some of his stats, he over four thousand yards each year. He has been the starting quarterback, so that's pretty consistent as far as that. And one of them years, he almost had five thousand yards back in two thousand sixteen. What I and what I like about him is that he seems like he's got a lot of passion and a love for the game that I don't see out of some other quarterbacks. I mean, if you just look at the year that they were going to the playoffs and he was super excited and they won a game that they probably shouldn't have and then they and then he got so happy after the game he's walking through a tunnel and he's going, "You like that? You like that?" You know, everybody that was that caught on, that was on fire. I that I like out of him. I love that kind of compassion, that not compassion, but just passion for the game, uh, competitiveness. I was trying to mix the two words together. Competitive passion. Competitive there passion. There you go. <laughs> But, yeah, I, I, I really think that that type of quarterback, that type of person can lead you to the playoffs because it gets everybody fired up on that team. And he has a, he's, has a 97.5 quarterback rating for them, three years that he's been the starter, which is not very bad. It's pretty good. And, I don't know, his receivers are better now. So I, I, I I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. I'm not saying he's going to be great. But I think he can be good enough, especially because the Vikings have a great defense. He can be definitely good enough to get the Vikings not only to the playoffs, but I think they can win the division again, and they could go deeper in the playoffs. We'll see, though. Now, I think the only way
0: the Vikings make it that far again is if Dalvin Cook stays healthy.
1: Oh, yeah. He's a big key to that offense as well, and I think that's going to— Be another big difference for them because Cook I think will stay healthy and I think that if he plays like he did when the four games that he did play last year I think that they have a really really good shot of being the team to beat Uh, not I'm not saying the whole NFC there's a lot of good NFC teams especially the Eagles in my mind but they could be the team to beat in that division it might not even be the Packers anymore and I believe That's kind of where my fear
0: of Kirk Cousins comes in is because I do believe Dalvin Cook is going to be great, Mm -hmm. and that might limit the passing production for the Vikings as a whole. I thought about putting Dalvin Cook in my ESP because I do believe he's at least going to lead the NFC in rushing this year, and Mm -hmm. if that happens, Kirk Cousins is not going to throw for near 5,000 yards and Diggs is not going to be a huge fantasy impact, nor will Thielen be. I actually believe, even if Dalvin Cook does what he does, that Kyle Rudolph will be in for a bigger year. And I talked about yeah. him in our NFC Flops and Props. I have complete trust in Rudolph with Cousins, who also has always loved his tight end. Yep.
1: Yep. We've discussed that what was a couple episodes ago, and, and I agree with that, but I also think that Cousins just hasn't had the receivers that the receivers that he's had in the past he's he's got them now and i i i know you don't like them as much as a lot of other people do and i'm not saying i do even but they're better much much better than what he's had in the past yeah
0: i can't argue with you that that there uh i guess maybe i'm still riding high that they're not as good as they looked because in the NFC championship game they looked absolutely horrible. Now of course that wasn't <laughs> Kirk Cousins, but something happened there yep. and they just completely broke down and I gotta see them on the field again doing it and before I give them too much credit because that that was that was a terrible, terrible performance.
1: Well I think the reason that they look so bad is because the Eagles safeties know how to tackle. That's very true. <laughs> Okay, we've got one team left, and, of course, that's
0: the Chicago Bears. Mm-hmm. And I, we both live in Wisconsin, so and we work in Illinois. Yep. So we hear both sides of the Chicago Bears' arguments all the time, all year long. Now, I've never been a Bears fan, but for some reason, I'm getting excited about them. Mm-hmm. And, well, we both just got Mitch Trubisky on our latest fantasy team. <laughs> yes, we did. We are doing an auction draft. It's a super flex, and Trubisky is one of our quarterbacks, so I have faith in him. Yep. Now, I have faith in him because he's got a lot more weapons. I've explained that in a past episode. Yep. One of those weapons is Allen Robinson. Mm-hmm. Now, he hit the free agent market this last offseason, and he drew interest immediately from the Jets and the Browns because they had a lot of money to spend. Now, what's surprising is the other team that it came down to before joining Chicago was the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> that could have been interesting. And if he would have chosen the Packers, I don't think I'd be as excited about the Bears as I am this year.
1: Well, I'll say something about Robinson. He's He has proven in the past with the Jaguars, and he's proven it with a quarterback that's really not all that great. And I'm not saying he's horrible, but just saying he can he can get it done. Uh, Last year was a little bit of an iffy situation, but in the past he's gotten plenty and plenty of catches and touchdowns and yards and, quite frankly, fantasy points, and he was pretty up high on that list. So I really believe that Trubisky can get Robinson a lot of production this year. We're going to find out if Robinson has just completely lost it or if he's going to be successful like he has in the past. But we're, I, he does have other weapons, and I know you love to talk about Kevin White. and I, I don't know how much of a weapon he's going to be. I will trust you on that one. <laughs> well, I'm not going to
0: talk too much about Kevin White because it's just that gut feeling I have that <laughs> he might actually stay on the field this year. Yeah. But the other weapons that they've got, now, this is like a completely new offense compared to what yeah. they did have because mm-hmm. they drafted Anthony Miller yep. who looks great he looks like he could be a volume you know a possession type receiver and then they also got Trey Burton, who is playing the same position that Travis Kelsey did in Kansas City, Mm -hmm. and that's where their coach came from, Matt Nagy. Mm -hmm. Before we talk too much about the fantasy, I have a very interesting fact about Trey Burton and his father. His father is Larry Burton, Mm -hmm. and that was actually what Trey Burton's given name is, is Lawrence Godfrey Burton III. (laughs) Now, that's not the interesting fact, but (laughs) his dad was an Olympic sprinter who finished just shy of the medals in the 1972 Summer Games in Munich. And the Saints actually drafted his father 7th overall, three spots after the Bears took Walter Payton. Oh, wow. So he definitely had a good pedigree coming into the league, and I believe... If he's going to be playing that same position as Travis Kelsey, Trey Burton is in for a heck of a year.
1: Why not? There's no doubt Trey Burton showed us a little something last year with the Eagles when, you know, Ertz wasn't – feeling 100% and even when he was 100% Burton was still out there doing his job and I do like Trey Burton and I think that Trubisky with Burton's not that old so I'd say that they could become a pretty good combination uh, throughout the years I mean they're both young and they both have the competitiveness that I like to see and we'll see it's really up to Tr- Trubisky and see I haven't seen enough out of Trubisky to tell me that he is going to be amazing throughout the future but I think that they will have a good core together, and we're going to see a, a big amount of production out of Trey Burton this year and in the future. I believe wholeheartedly that Trey Burton is going
0: to be the Zach Ertz and Travis Kelsey of this Bears offense.
1: And if he does that, watch out. He's going to be—that's that's, going to be big, 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 big for fantasy value. So you can go get him. I haven't really— done it yet just because he's going so early he's been going a lot earlier than I would take him because he hasn't proven it yet and when I say it it's in air quotes because Mm -hmm. he just hasn't done all of it yet he hasn't done it through a whole season and had the outstanding numbers that Ertz and Kelsey and Gronk have had in the past for sure and we wouldn't be doing a
0: service for the Bears if we didn't talk about their running back situation before the end of our show and our ESPs. Because we've talked about them before, but Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen, they are a pretty good thunder and lightning punch. Uh I know you are a little lower on Jordan Howard, and you think Cohen is going to step it up and get maybe some more snaps or at least more play time than he has and he is lining up everywhere. He had an interview on NFL Network, and he was saying that Matt Nagy is lining him up everywhere, mm-hmm. in the slot, running back, outside, everywhere. And that's pretty exciting to me because we also got Tariq Cohen in that league that we have <laughs> Mitch Trubisky in.
1: So, And that's part of the reason I really do like Cohen. I mean, that the, the coaches love this guy. I said it already on the podcast, but I'm telling you, I'm, a, I'm in love with this guy because the coaches love this guy. When the coaches love somebody, you have to pay attention to that. That is huge, huge, huge news to me in fantasy land. And it's not that I'm low on Howard. It's that I'm really high on Cohen, and that pushes Howard down the list a little further because I really like Cohen. I think Howard is great, and let's, be, let's face it, the running backs are the key to the Bears. That's their strong suit on offense. They... They're not stronger anywhere else on that offense than they are in the running back spot.
0: So true. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for our NFC North. But before we get to our ESPs, Tom has some teams he would like to share for you. And those teams are made up of nothing but NFC North players. And one of them is a win-now team in mm-hmm. fantasy. If you could just get NFC North players in a win-now
1: team, who would you have? Well, it's obvious that my quarterback would be Aaron Rodgers. I mean, right of now course. he is superb, and he is the best quarterback in that division, hands down. And so I would take Aaron Rodgers. And if, you want me to take, if you want me to take a backup, I, I guess I could take Stafford or Cousins. It doesn't really matter. It's Aaron Rodgers right now. And then the running back spot would be Cook, Howard, and Cohen. I like the combo so much that I would take both of them, and I really do think that they're going to have a decent amount of success together. And then my wide receivers would be and – I'll go back. I can't trust the Lions running backs right now. Maybe, maybe later in the future, but we're not right now. Wide receivers would be Adams, Thielen, Diggs, and Golden Tate. I like all four of them this year. I don't like – Thielen and Diggs as much as I like Adams Adams is above and beyond right now and as far as tight ends go it's this was a little bit of a struggle because Jimmy Graham didn't show it that much last year but I have to take him it's with Aaron Rodgers and I really like that and I my other tight end is no surprise we just got done talking about him it's Trey Burton Trey Burton I think has a really good shot this year and obviously in the future and as far as five years from now my lineup might be different. So I don't know where Aaron Rodgers is going to be in five years. I think he's still got some left in the tank. But in five years, how much of a passion is he going to have? He is going to be 40 or almost 40 in five years. Not saying you can't do it at that age because we've seen Tom Brady it but I just I don't see the passion out of Aaron Rodgers as much as I do in Kirk Cousins and that's why I think Kirk Cousins could be in five years the guy I might be choosing out of this division now that that's all going to going on saying that all these players are going to stay in this division in five years true true. and I don't know if that's going to happen I would take Cousins I would even consider taking Trubisky but I don't know because, like I said, I haven't seen enough out of Trubisky yet. I have seen enough out of Cousins with the with the bad receiver. Or not, I'm not going to say bad. Very mediocre receivers that he's had in the past to think that he has a possibility in five years to be an outstanding quarterback. And then running backs aren't really changing all that much except for one position, and that is... Uh, Carry on Johnson. I'm going to have Cook, carry on Johnson, and then I'm going to have Howard slash Cohen. I don't know how that's going to pan out in five years. We're going to see about that, but I do like carry on Johnson in five years. Uh, wide receivers doesn't change a whole lot either, but I have Adams still there. I have Diggs. I have... Thielen's still on there. I don't really know how well that's all gonna turn out. But one one other guy two other guys I would put on there is Equinamia St. Brown. I really believe in him, especially mm-hmm. in five years. And if Aaron Rodgers is going to continue playing with that, I think that he could be good there too. And then I also considering um Anthony Miller there as well. And then um the tight ends, Trey Burton all the way, one hundred percent. No question. I don't need to talk about that anymore. Five years from now, Trey Burton is pretty much the only tight end out of there that I would take. Uh, So, yeah, that's, I would say, would be my lineup in five years. But it's always a toss-up. In five years, you don't really know what's going to happen, but that's my best guess. So do you think in
0: five years, Golden Tate or Marvin Jones will still be doing better than Kenny Galladay? No. Okay,
1: well. (laughs) (laughs) I like Galladay, too. I considered putting him on here, but I just don't know – the problem is is that I don't see Stafford at all in the picture in five years. I really, really don't. But I do think that he is good for now.
0: Okay. Well, so for those of you doing redraft leagues, listen to Tom's first team. That's a win-now team. And for anybody that's doing dynasty startup drafts, listen to his team in five years. Yeah. Both of those, I think, are very good teams. And that one in five years, if you can get a lot of those players on one team, that that could be really good. You don't even have to go outside of the division to make a really good fantasy team. And
1: if you get all them players even now, you have a pretty good shot at winning.
0: So all that's left is our ESPs. And now I haven't discussed with Tom who his ESP is this week. No, So hopefully it's not the same guy, but I'm going to let you go first. ESP.
1: Early season predictions. Well my ESP is Anthony Miller, and I touched on him a little bit in my in five years. But it's just because i I I brought up that whole stat with the Bears being one of the six teams that haven't had a receiver that catch more than thirteen touchdowns in a year. And I just I got a good feeling about Anthony Miller, and I think the reason for that is because last year and the year before, he was really, really good in college. He Last year, he had 1,462 yards, he, and that's an average of 15.2 yards per catch, per reception, and 18 touchdowns. That's a big one for me because I think he has the possibility there that he could do this in the future, and especially with a young quarterback that could build a rapport with somebody like this and 2016 was almost exactly the same except for I think he had 14 touchdowns without actually looking at that right now I do believe it was 14 but still 14 touchdowns I mean that's something the Bears haven't had and I know it's college I get that but that's the type of player you can see later on in the future being a big part of a Bears offense and I just I do have a really really good feeling that in five years and this isn't even about right now this is a like a five-year ESP but it could be right now too because you no know, he could step up and take some of that role especially if Kevin White gets hurt again so no I, comment <laughs> I, I do believe that Anthony Miller will be somebody in the future and it could right now. I have a really good feeling about it. Excellent. Now my ESP
0: is not a unknown. It's not a guy that needs a lot of pumping up. Mm -hmm. But I have I think he's going to get over a hump. This is where my ESP comes in. My ESP is Golden Tate.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. He has been a very very consistent wide receiver and that's part of the reason I love him the last four years he has had in between 90 and 99 catches and he's had between 813 and 1331 yards and he's had between four and six touchdowns i believe this year golden tate because of the running back situation still because i really don't see them sorting that out this year i think Matt Stafford is going to have a little bit bigger of a year. I think he might get close to that five thousand yards again, mm-hmm. and I think Golden Tate is going to get over that hump, and he's going to have a hundred plus receptions for the first time in his career, and I think he's going to get a couple more touchdowns as well. Yep. I think he's going to be in that eight to ten touchdown range this year. I know there's not a lot of stats to back that one up since he has not been a touchdown scoring machine, but I have a feeling that this year Golden Tate is going to score more touchdowns than Marvin Jones because I've said in the past, Marvin Jones is a little bit of a regression coming and I think Golden Tate will pick up where he left off.
1: Yeah, I 100% agree with you on this. Uh, Golden Tate, and especially if you're looking at it as a draft, I mean, he is falling further than what I would have expected. Therefore, you have to take him right there and we considered it in the one uh in the one draft we are previously still going on in the auction draft and I just I just really like Golden Tate this year and I think you're spot on saying that he's going to be better than uh gosh. I do this all the time. <laughs> I forget people's names. <sighs> Go ahead and give it to me, otherwise I'm gonna I'm gonna kill myself. <laughs> Marvin Jones Marvin Jones. <laughs> Alrighty, I'm just I'm gonna be done talking now. Okay,
0: that's probably good because this <laughs> is the end of the show. Uh, again, uh, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, I'm gonna throw that phone number out there one more time in case you missed it and yep. don't want to rewind. Uh, if you want to call in, ask a, a question, uh, tell us about your draft, anything that you want to talk about us with yep. or comment on, just leave a message. You can, yes, leave a message. Uh, the number is 608-492-3443. One more time. 608-492-3443. We look forward to hearing from you and maybe putting you on the air. Wouldn't that be awesome? Yeah. So until next time, thank you and stay fueled up. Tom and I would like to thank you for listening and supporting us. We greatly appreciate the feedback we receive and love interacting with our listeners. You can contact us with any questions you may have or line up roster advice on Twitter at FantasyFuel, Facebook.com slash FantasyFuel, and Instagram at fantasy Fuel Podcast. You can also reach us the old-fashioned way via email at FantasyFuelPodcast at gmail.com. Thank you, and
1: remember to stay fueled up this fantasy season.